Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio or Chat TV. Appreciate you if you're listening, watching, however it is you're taking in the Jeff Cameron Show. I greatly appreciate that. Make sure you like and subscribe if you're on War Chant TV there. Gather around. Continue the fun on a Balls Make Wednesday. Rather spirited and upbeat day because uh, we declared uh, the good news that Destin Hill is is actually a person, and he's a person that may be playing football for Florida State. I say maybe. Here he's enrolled and all that good stuff, buddy, but like you said, I think a few weeks back, when we see him in uniform, in a practice uniform, whatever it might be, out on the field taking reps, then we'll believe it. Then we'll believe it. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not sure. I might still need a day or two. All right. Is he coming back? We good here? And it, just for clarification of the story on Warchant.com, uh, Destin Hill is the name of the recruit that we know, but he has a given name of uh, Pazon, Pazon, P-A-Z-O-N. That's where he is in terms of uh, the roster uh, on Florida State you know, within the university's, uh, yeah. what would you call it, database? Registrar. Re- yeah. yeah, registrar's <laughs> yeah, information. Yeah, 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 yeah. It would be. So I don't know whether or not when he arrives in fall camp, if and when, if he's going to still be Destin Hill or he's going to go by his given name, but we shall see. As long as the player gets here, I mean, he could make a difference for us, maybe in special teams, sooner than later, but we'll see what he's, what he's got. Hard part is he likes to go by his nickname, Morty. And so you just <laughs> never, you never, it's very difficult. You're not sure. I hope whenever it is that you decide to hang up, you know, the, the cans, yeah. turn off the microphone. Uh-huh. That you tell strangers as you get in that RV with your mm, wife and, mm, and you want to go travel. You, said you want to travel, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to travel. That you yeah. tell everybody your name is Morty on the I, journey. I may have to do that. I think that would be tremendous. I'll sign into hotels in the times that we stay there. Morty. Morty Cameron. Mm. <laughs> hey, it's Morty. Good to have you back in town. Where have you been the past year? How you doing, Chief? Yeah. I will do that, too. As Morty, I have to say, how you doing, Chief? Wherever I come into a hotel that I've been to, it's our. We're circling back around. Oh, we're back. We're back here in the Pacific Northwest. Didn't we stay at this Hilton last time, hun? Yeah, it's with that guy. What's up, Chief? We're back. Morty. We've got a mutual friend who's got a presence about him like that. Mm. A little older, and there's this guy that we run into all the time. His name is Tony, and this person calls him Rusty, and he can get away with it because, because he has he's an affable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you if you really yeah. lean into the Morty Cameron, you can get away with it. You could get away with that easily. Call people whatever you want. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, have you ever done the thing? We everybody has seen it happen. They've bore witness, borne witness to, bore witness to it, and we've all been around it. Maybe even have been guilty of this ourselves. I I remember one time, and this happens in the in the NFL. The the little two year window back in the nineties where I was coaching junior football. There was an official, and I got his name wrong for going on two years before he corrected me. But he would he would anger me. He was wild, wildly inconsistent. And I would scream. I was, I was the head coach, so I'd scream at the top of my lungs at him. Maybe not at the top of my lungs. And I can't remember what I called him. I think I thought his name was Lance. And I was like, yeah, it wasn't. And I'd, Lance, again! Get it together! And he would come over and explain why he threw the flag or whatever it was. And then towards the end of the second year, he's like, my name is not Lance. I was like, oh. Well, that might explain all the times I was screaming at you to look over at me, and you didn't. I thought you were just pissed and ignoring me. Do you remember what his name was? No. No, because uh, it's always going to be Lance. Yeah, it'll be Lance. He looked like a Lance. He called games like a Lance. And I was just always like this freaking Lance. Oh, we got Lance tonight. I would say it to my assistant coaches. We'd go walking out. We got freaking Lance tonight. They must have been like, Jeff's losing it. Anybody who, who the hell is Lance? There ain't nobody out here <laughs> named Lance. Yeah. Like, that's something that if you said to me that that Bowden did towards the end, I'd believe it. I'd be like, yeah, that's oh, well, right. Of course. But you did it in your 30s? In your 20s? My 20s, yeah. In, 20s. in my 20s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lance! Yes. Get it together, Lance! That's the third hold you have missed. How many times? Do I? Yeah, finally. But Lance, for whatever reason, wouldn't tell me his name wasn't Lance till like midway through the second year. He's like, Jeff, my name is not Lance. I got somebody we know uh, could be part of the JCS family. Mm. I, I thought his name was Ziggy. I won't say who, <laughs> but for, for a year. Ziggy. And it was not Ziggy. Ziggy. Not even close. You know who, too. You have forgotten this story. I, I, uh, I kind of remember it, but I don't remember exactly who it was now. I just remember I you. I used to call him Z for short. What's up, Z? And he's probably like, and he's like who is Z? And then I probably was like, what is Tom talking about? Who is this Z? Yeah, I screamed. I screamed at a Lance, and I, or a guy I thought was Lance, and uh, that was that. The question came up during the break, and I feel compelled to answer it, so or talk about it at the very least, and then we'll move on. But it was something around along the lines of uh, who you think is going to have the quickest turnaround, who bounces back. I think Jalen asked the question. FSU baseball or FSU basketball. Yesterday on the Seminole headlines, I noted that I thought it was pretty uplifting to see the pros, the former Knowles in the NBA now, coming back. And, you know, it, it's it's a nice calling card. It's certainly a wonderful postcard. It's certainly uh, an opportunity to uh, highlight the successes of the not-too-distant past for Coach Ham and his staff in this program. Uh, but it did leave you, I mean, as much as it put a smile on your face to see those pictures and videos and, and the like, but it left you longing. And you have to hope these guys they're bringing in now will, will allow them to certainly, at the very least, Tom, be tougher. Just Just be tougher. And again, I don't think anybody is sitting around expecting that they're going to return to a team that going into uh, – the postseason when COVID struck was a team that had a legitimate chance to go to the Final Four and perhaps win the national title. I don't think we 
are sitting around expecting that to return soon. But I don't even think it's something that we necessarily need. I think it's just for Ham's sake and how you'd like to see that era end. You'd like him to win enough games to make the NCAA tournament and then decide, all right, I can leave on that note. We're not an unmitigated disaster. We went to the tournament. People know what I accomplished. We'll call it a day, and I can leave in good conscience. That's all, that's all I'm looking for. Yeah, I agree with you, It's and that's still a lot. There's still a lot of ground to cover to get to that place where you do make the tournament and that you aren't sweating, let's say, uh, Selection Sunday, and, and you're thought of as a top three or top four team in the ACC. Uh, it all starts with getting tougher, though. I think specific to basketball, it all starts with getting tougher, and that would be appreciated, that you wouldn't see guys either start down 16-2 to two routinely oh, or just yeah, decide would. not to be there for a second half of a game. Like There were just so many examples over the last couple of years. I remember when it was novel, and we said, this is not like everything else we've seen from Leonard Hamilton. This is a soft group. They're oh, showing signs awful. of being soft. Yeah, it, it, it drove me to... Drove me nuts. It, it really it made me. Yeah, I was gonna say it drove me to drink, but <laughs> sunny days do too. I mean, I just. There, it's a good thing you didn't live in California. <laughs> uh, but it's just it's frustrating, you know. And somebody asked me the other day, by the way, when we were talking about what what's not only bleak about the basketball program, isn't just that okay. Golly, you hate to see a guy like him, a man of great character and of having great success in a, in a basketball conference um, despite not having the resources to do all of that. It's depressing to watch it end this way if, in fact, it ends this way. But the lack of prospects for the job. Now, I'm told that the job is a little bit more high profile than maybe I'm giving it credit for. Because of those recent successes, I don't know if that's true or not when you're talking about top-tier name-brand coaches that would be interested in this job. I was told by somebody that there are a few out there that you'd be surprised would be interested in this job if it came open. Not Patino. Oh, God. Let's hope not. We already had fun at his expense talking about Italian restaurants in town and him making his way. But I, I, I do think that you have some candidates, and some of them are, in fact, those program builders. Those players that were program builders and a, a guy that's that's uh, I would think would I don't know if he'd be interested at all. I've never asked him, but he cares. I know he cares about the program. I know he loved it here, and I know he loves Coach Ham. Uh, Luke Laux is a guy that's coaching in the NBA currently. Uh, Sacramento got bounced, but he's with Sacramento staff, and of course learned a ton in the Golden State organization and won rings. And so there's a guy that played here, loved it here loves the program, that has some coaching chops, never having coached college basketball, I get it. But if you go and you think outside the box at somebody who might have the kind of clout to be listened to by potential recruits and to be able to take and absorb ideas that he learned at the highest level of the sport and incorporate it in a way that would make Florida State sexy and appealing to recruits, you know, you have to have the foundational NIL support. But there's a guy. Maybe there's a guy like that because we know we're not getting CY. You know, you you know you're not getting the guys that have gone on to be successful. Well, in this case, Missouri. You know, you're, you're not getting that. Well, I still I yeah. still give CY a call. I mean, he, he's not exactly a head coach at Mizzou. He, he's an assistant. Yeah. But the thing I, I think that you would need need 
from a, a head coaching candidate is somebody who has an eye for mid-level talent that is going to develop into something else by the time you get him on campus. You know, Trent Forrest, we were lucky to get him because his jump shot wasn't refined. And the coaching staff at that time, those who would, you know, openly discuss things behind the scenes, they said if he could shoot at all, oh, he, he would he would have been get, a Kentucky or yeah, Duke or wh- wherever. Yeah. Every other aspect of his game was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, we got lucky with Fiondu because that was a shooting guard that grew into a wing mm-hmm. and, and a really good power forward at the, at the collegiate level. But that was a growth spurt. And you got you got to him earlier. You've got to find players like that to build around. Devin Vassell was not highly sought after by all the big programs in the country. And we did a really good job of developing those players. That's so correct. You, you almost have to approach it as though you're going to be the late 90s, early 2000s, Minnesota Twins or Oakland Athletics, where if those kids blow up and they still want to stick around in college and they get these huge NIL offers, they're gone. But you've got to be a factory to churn those mm-hmm, level players mm-hmm. out. I think that's the baseline of the candidate that you need. I don't know that our NIL presence is ever going to be enough. That market is absurd. You talk about bubbles and markets. My God. The prices that are being thrown around out there by people in the know for mid-level transfer portal kids is absurd. It's abs- I don't know that we can ever be a player there. So you have to have somebody who has an eye yeah. for developing, developing yeah. talent. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. Just something I, to answer that question. And by the way, in terms of FSU baseball, which is one six of nine, as pointed out in the chat, and playing better. <laughs> you be proud. <laughs> hey, Simpson, you're great. <laughs> you, be proud. you and I would love it if you became here. Oh, my God. Even though it's absurd. And we like, we got you be proud. Yeah. I, I think. And you be sharp as hell still. I think you'd probably let him just weigh in on football, too. Oh, I'd you let be, you be. It's Tuesdays with Hugh. Or, sorry, Tuesdays the headlines. It's uh, Mondays with Hubie. Yeah. Reaction Monday. What It'd do you think, Monday, Hubie? Wednesday, Friday with Hubie. I'd have Hubie in here as a co-host. Come on, Hubie, sit across from there me. There you go. It's third and one. Yeah. You've got four guys who are 425 pounds. You run it right up the middle. What are we doing? It would be hilarious. Um, yeah, Hubie. <laughs> Hubster, what's happening, baby? Get in here. We would have a blast with that. As far as FSU baseball, again, I think you're talking about a, an established coach, a successful coach who walked into a very difficult situation and did not have the requisite pitching, got here in July. Things had been combed over, picked over. You go to the garage sale and all the good stuff's gone. You're left with candlesticks. This is awful. That one's used. So there you go. You don't have anything, and you're like, well, what can I do? Wear an ass kicking is what you can do. That's what you're going to have to do and hope like hell that some of these young guys develop. You keep them. You instill your you know, work ethic principles, the way you're going to do things, and then you go and you try to grab whatever you can in the portal. I'm told anywhere from 15 to 25 guys are coming through. So it's going to be a revamped roster to say the least. I don't know how quickly that becomes an elite roster, which is what we're used to at Florida State, or at least an elite college baseball team, one that's in the upper echelon, top twenty-five in the nation, that type of thing. But I do, I, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think we're going to repeat what we just saw out here this year. There's no. I think there's zero chance of that. No, you need to go get a couple of arms out of the portal. I would think that's where it starts, and then from there, I would trust still very much so. It really. The confidence level I have in, in Link Jarrett has not wavered much mm-hmm. at all. No. If if at all. Because 
the way he likes to recruit, as we understand it, is he sees a guy as a position player yes. right out of high school. He's like, all right, this is going to be my second baseman. Tell me where he's an elite defender. It, it's not a middle infielder. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. He's a second baseman. That's correct. You know? And this is our first baseman. We finally have one. Six foot five can actually oh, bail us out of wayward throws. Which yeah. you need in college. you got to have a goalie out there at first base in, in college baseball. But once you have those roles carved out, and you have specialization. That's yeah. what he wants. He doesn't want athletes. He wants specialists. Yeah. You have those specialists there. Everybody does their job. Fill your role. You will be the sum of, greater than the sum of your parts really quickly. But you got to have swing and miss stuff. And now some of these younger players and less experienced guys coming off injuries, they're bouncing back, and you're seeing some swing and miss stuff. But you need more arms. You got. I mean, those have to be ready-made. The Keon Coleman's to go back to the first mm-hmm, hour. Mm-hmm. You got to have some guys that you know exactly what this dude is about to help put us over the top in the weekend. It's going to be uh, it's going to be very very interesting to watch the I think massive amounts of changes that he makes before they start next baseball season to say the least. I'm looking forward to my end of the year interview with him. Uh I I I think we can sit down and have a candid conversation and uh you know I think Link is a smart guy and I think he has a plan and I think he's a guy that will answer honestly some tough questions at the end of the year about the season they just had and what they had to go through and his successes as well as his – he might see missteps or, or, or mistakes that he made along the way. I think he's going to be willing to admit that too. This could not have gone the way that he expected it to. I Even though he warned us, there were not-so-subtle hints of uh, we might have problems pitching. You know, he kind of laid it out there without throwing guys under the bus – he was concerned, greatly concerned, I might add, about the pitching. But I wonder if this is way worse than he expected. It has to be, right? A, you couldn't have known your best pitcher was going to be lost for the year early in the season. That was um, that's a tough There was not a carved-out role there. It, it was almost like, we don't have anything, so I need you to pitch as many days as possible, but then I'm going to throw you 50 pitches on a Friday, and then, you know, that was Yeah, well, bottom line is, you can't lose him in whatever capacity you were going to use him, and they did, and they would have won a lot more games. They wouldn't have been a great team, but they would have won a lot more games had they had him available, obviously, and they didn't. And so you lost the, the one guy that could just go miss bats and win games for you, and then, you know, you lose your confidence a little bit. You're not a good defensive team. You're positionless. You have a bunch of guys playing in places that they are not comfortable playing or they can't execute, however you want to describe it. And they have so, underlying confidence issues from the previous regime that if you just chip away a little bit, they're going to fold. And, by the way, you got nobody that can close the game. Yeah. So good luck to you if you do find a way to forge ahead in the game and get to the seventh or eighth inning. you got nobody going out there feeling good about closing things out. Other than that, we are built for Omaha. <laughs> what a run that's going to be in the ACC tournament. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash 
all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day. And I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Tom, your Mets scratched Max Scherzer from the start versus the Reds. Is this going to be the norm for the much of this year? It looks like it. The uh, the solace I take in having a $330 million payroll that looks like it's ticketed to win 75 games is that a lot of that payroll gets shed this offseason, <laughs> and they've got some good young position players. So you, you could pass the torch a little bit earlier if this turns into a tire fire and it's still interesting. But this is why I said before the season started that uh, if we get to a position where the Mets are 92, 93 wins in the futures, take the under. Their two top starting pitchers are combined to 70, 80 years old, 75, 80 years old. This is what happens. Side note, remember we were talking last hour, and excitedly so, about the prospects of Florida State football and what it means to – you know, matter again, and to be on the uh, on the lips of college football analysts and fans everywhere as to whether they are or not worthy of the preseason hype we currently find ourselves involved in uh, and described as. And uh, you know, I mean, we we got we talked about the elements of the team we love, areas of concern, everything in between. You know, it beats the hell out of what I uh, read this morning and and laughed at, uh, and I failed to bring to your attention and everybody else's attention uh, today. I went to The Athletic this morning. I, I usually make the rounds. I go all around the various sports sites that uh, you one would use to show prep and look for interesting stories and anecdotes and talking points. And 
in the college football part of the athletic, the first story by Grace Rayner was four decades without an ACC title. Why can't NC State get over the hump? <laughs> That'll hurt your feelings. Woo. I mean, you know, like those guys, the, the diehard fans of NC State, they're out there. Uh, are aware of that stat. They know how long it's been. They know that they can't win the ACC title and had not, you know, I mean, have not been able to do anything of any consequence whatsoever for four decades. Hmm. But when you wake up and see it in print, it's a special kind of punch to the Coney's. It's not the same as just walking around knowing things. It's a, another advertisement for all of those that like to poke fun at your impotent program. That's what that is. That is you having to hear your buddy or get the link in your email at 630 in the morning. Hey, Bob. Thought you might like this story by Grace Rayner. What are your thoughts as he chuckles and hits send? <laughs> the guy that sent it, of course, went to North Carolina or some other such school. But he wanted Bob to see Grace's story. And, uh, man, that's a, that's a toughie. It's a long time. A long time. 1979, is that right? Probably so. Program's last five coaches. Little trip down memory lane. You ready? Doran O'Brien. That's Tom O'Brien, who made the genius decision to let Russell Wilson go to Wisconsin. Well, apparently it was because he was an ass and a headache and he wanted to play baseball in the offseason and O'Brien was at his wits' end, which years he's, later he's saying, See? No, no, let him play baseball. Who cares? <laughs> he's the only thing you got. Glennon set an efficiency oh, record the next season. Okay. All right. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and go with Glennon. Uh Chuck Amato, as we all recall. Mike O'Kane. What a name. And Dick Sheridan. What a name. Mm. I've had a winning record at the school. Those guys, only ten other power five programs can make that claim. Nine of the ten have won at least one national title during that stretch, and the other Oregon has won multiple conference championships. NC State, no titles. None. Yeah, and the other sports they keep talking about all of the other things that haven't happened at NC State. It just goes on and on and on and on. It's it oof, it's a toughie. That's one of those teams that, uh, you know, for revenge tour purposes, I wish we were playing this year. They've won five of six over us. They currently have a three-game win streak in mm -hmm. the head-to-head, -head, which mm -hmm. is the longest in their program's history, these two going back and forth. But five of six, I mean, that's how low we have been as a program. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways we've blocked out just how bad things got. I mean, it, it's, it's after a while you're numb to it. You know, you just kind of, well, another loss. There was a time, you know, and you just kind of you just move on with your day because yeah. to immerse yourself in in all of that is it's just too much. So you 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 know water off the back. The 2020 game featured or the COVID season, uh, our defensive backs at five yards depth in the end zone against um, uh, what's the kid? The kid that left us at just after fall camp, Bailey Hockman. Bailey Hockman. Yeah. yeah, five yards depth in the end zone. 
just turn around and catch the ball. But it it got really bad there for a while. And last year, we shouldn't have lost that game. But how many times did we say that when we go in that damn building? Well, last year's loss is it's so odd that the losses that stick out and really are the ones that you would point to as dark moments for an individual coach seem to happen against NC State. You know, there's the Amato win here against Bowden. That is not a good look. Everything about it spoke to the dysfunction that we were mired in at the time. Him running all over the field excited, and we looked like idiots, and I was sounding the alarm bell and all that. The Jimbo loss up there where he's trying to milk the clock and pretend to be Alabama and just run the ball on every play after having, what was it, a 17-6, to whatever the hell it was, lead. And then he I think it might have been 16 nothing. Well, we lost yeah, 17-16. He blows the lead completely. And you could see, you could feel it unraveling, uh, all of it. You're watching it play out, and you're like, oh, this is not good. I thought we were above this. I thought you were above this, Jimbo. You could not be watching this and be this pig-headed. Oh, but you are. And then he blamed it on the players, and he blamed it on everybody but himself. All of it was disgusting. It was a curious thing, too, because in the Sunday interview that you did, he was great. And you said, I thought we were past this coach, and he said, I did, too. Yeah. I can't believe I said that. That was an arrogant thing for me to say and, and a challenging thing for me to say in retrospect. You're right, I did. I said to them, I thought we were past this, Coach. I did too was his retort, and I thought that was great. We were talking. We were having dialogue. Okay, at least you're admitting that it's ridiculous. So anyhow, that happened, and then, yeah, he decided to take a different and drastic shift when he addressed the assembled media after having talked to me. The next day, he decides to blame it all on the players. It was everybody else's fault but himself. And then you have this loss for Mike Norvell. Now, Jacksonville State will always be the loss that everybody points to and says unforgivable, and they're right. It's awful. It's an awful loss. You can make zero excuses for the nightmare that was that night and the embarrassing choices and, I don't know, you know, things happen. Good coaches make terrible mistakes. That was his. But in truth, this NC State game last year, that's the one that bothers well, me more. It's ridiculous. This is if I'm playing devil's advocate for the season. I'm saying, where is that game on the schedule? Where is our Where's our I, Jacksonville State? Where's our NC State moment where things just look? I don't think it's going to happen. Okay. Now, this is odd because typically I would wear the hat that you're wearing. And I say, man, we'll be fine. No, and, and I, don't, say, I just don't see oh. it. Okay. Is they're it just too, because they're, they're too talented? They're too talented, man. NC, these teams... Uh, that we're talking about on this schedule, and you go through one by one. Come on, man. Th this is a weak schedule. You have two really good football teams that you have to play and beat. Tough task. Could lose both of them. Not ideal to lose against the two really good teams that you face on your schedule. But you could. Neither one of them is at Doe Campbell Stadium. So for starters, you have that. You're not playing either one of those games in your backyard. You are playing in the state of Florida. I get it. But that's a quote-unquote neutral site game, and I do think LSU fans are going to travel. I think that'll be a 50-50 crowd pretty much. But nonetheless, and you're on the road at Clemson. But the rest of these games, man, unless Florida is a lot better than we think they're going to be. And oh, by the way, I know it's in vogue to think that Billy Napier doesn't know what he's doing. I completely disagree. I think he's a good football coach. I think he's in a very similar situation that Mike Norvell was in. Inheriting a nightmare trying to make the right moves, we'll see if he can get out from under the negativity and the losses. If he can't, if they lose again this year, it could be too much of an avalanche to overcome, and it would be one of those cases where I think a good coach loses his job. Yeah. It may very well be that he gets fired. He'll get another job and probably have success. And I'm not rooting for him. This isn't like empathy. 
I'm just pointing out the similar yeah. situation that he finds himself in. No, I thought that he did some solid things last year, but you look at the NFL talent, you know, even on the defensive side of the ball, that's drafted away, and they were only able to win six games. Yeah. With. That's, oh, that's they had a, culture, a red flag. Well, they had a culture issue. The second thing I'd say is you're correct. He's trying to get out from under it and establish something. You could tell that physicality and in, in, in yeah, the run game yeah, is what yeah, he yeah, wants yeah. to build. But do they have the horses to pull that off this year? And, and they not. certainly don't at quarterback right now. No, they so. don't at quarterback at all. But And maybe not. Good. I don't want him to ever get his sea legs. Continue to stumble about. You know, I don't. Just like Miami and Florida fans looked at Mike Norvell. I'm quite certain if they were being honest, they thought that might be a good hire. When, they, when Florida State plucked him from Memphis, they probably, in their little circles, sat around, if they were being honest with themselves, the same way we do at Florida State with, you know, our fellow Knowles, like, you know, I'm a little worried. If Florida hires so-and-so, that could be a good hire. You know, we've all had that conversation. You get nervous about it. And I'm sure they looked at that hire and went, man, he's got an uphill climb. This Florida State program's a mess, but that might be a good hire. And the last thing on earth they wanted to see was what happened last year. And now they see the balls rolling here. Florida State's going to finish with a top 10 recruiting class, probably top seven. They're going to fill in whatever holes that they're missing in the portal. They have successfully done that repeatedly. They've got a very, very, very strong collective and NIL game, and the battle's in. There are all kinds of signs that Florida State has got real staying power now for the next however many years. So – the second you come out from under and you can breathe and you survive the pitfalls and the moments that are really ugly marks on your resume, then, you know, you come out the other side and perhaps you're even stronger for it. That's why you don't want to see Florida get any traction. Uh, just continue to hope that the, the disappointments mount and then it becomes too much for you to get out from under. Yeah, if I was uh, a fan of the in-state rivals right now, I'd say I hope he gets poached away at some point. Norvell, that is. I hope Mike Norvell. Yeah, you don't want to see that guy continue to with this momentum because he weathered the most difficult set of circumstances that you could imagine. You couldn't have imagined when he took the job because you have COVID right then, right there. He doesn't create and foster any relationships in the state whatsoever. Can't in the state at the moment, yeah. For over a year, no, no in-person recruiting. That team is a culture disaster. He weathers all of those things. The budget for the athletic department is going into the ground. They've got things settled, the athletic department, and, and they've weathered all of these issues. Mm -hmm. And here they come, and they've got a chance to go make the playoff this year. Yikes. Like, who weathers that whole storm Good and comes out do. on the other side? Good coaches who stick by a game plan that they believe in, yeah. uh, a, a, a something that is unassailable, that they, that they will stick by because they know works, and that has a good foundation – and that has the support of the administration, mm -hmm. including even after losses to Jacksonville State and ugly moments where Florida State was not in the best light. But it's still hard to do. He had to have it last year. They had to win those games. Well, forgive me for throwing more steam into the train, but great coaches do that. If you yeah, want well, an indication yeah, yeah, yeah. that Norvell could be a great coach, you've got it. You've already got it. Oh, there are a lot of indicators. 0-4 and, yeah. and not changing his approach, staying steadfast in the moment and coming out the other side yeah, the way huge. that they did. It's huge. That's the hallmark of a potentially great coach. He's got to do more to get there, mm -hmm. but not every Joe and Tom, Dick, and Harry and any other name in the world can do what he just did in the last three years. That is very, 
very difficult. Yeah, it, and it is. You have you can't fake that. You have to have a real belief that this is the right way, that these principles that I believe in, the things that I've learned in my coaching stops, the things I take from each of these mentors, the things that I saw work, the things that I saw fail, the, the thoughts that I had when I was an assistant that I would have done it this way or I have this opportunity, I'm going to make sure I stand by these things. You have to believe it. It cannot be a sale. It has to be real. It has to be genuine. It has to be authentic. And that was the only thing when we were mired in that, when you and I would have conversations about Norvell, that I would say gave me hope. I would say, you know, I do find it remarkable, even in the wake of some of these horrific moments, that my man is the exact same on Monday, even after bitter defeats and embarrassing performances, he never wavers. Yeah, it would be the only thing I can think of that's close to this would be like if Al Golden came out on the other side of the NCAA cloud about when is there, when are the sanctions going to come down? It's just it's this thing. It was awesome. We could be negatively (laughs) recruited against. Hovered over them, and it's just I mean it's fish in a barrel for the other coaches who are saying you don't even know if you could play for anything that means anything. Yeah, none of this could matter. You will you'll be stricken from the record books at any moment now. Why would you go play for him? That's a great way to negatively recruit because it's true. If he came out on the other side of that and he made it into a machine, you'd say, "Well, good for him." Yeah, this guy is a freak. It didn't turn, didn't work out. The golf analogy: guy goes double double to start the round. He shoots sixty seven. Yeah. If you're in the group with that guy, you go, "Who is this?" That's what Mike is on the brink of doing here. If he can parlay last year into this, live up to the expectations, and then go get that top seven class that you're talking about, top five class, whatever it is out of high school, man, this is a machine at that point. But we're about 12 games away from seeing if we are that kind of good once again. Wasn't that John Rahm at the Masters? Uh, that was a four-putt double to start. A little yeah. four-putt double. I thought it was a triple. I think it was a double. He was putting for birdie. He walked out with double, I do believe. It hurt your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Came out the other side and had a hell of a round. We were all like, well... Smoke the field by whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, that's, like eight yeah. shots from yeah. that point out. Pretty yeah. crazy. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. I was just looking and thinking about, well, I, I don't want to belabor the point as far as coaches and situations being different and what we end up, um, <clears throat> what you end up seeing with guys. I, we, we've seen coaches take jobs and have a huge amount of success. The opposite is true too, right? Guys have some success that you, you thought wouldn't and then um, two, three years later be out of a job. Coaches have even won a national championship doing that. Mm. Uh, so you know it, it is it is a weird and fickle thing. Uh, 
you, you might have players, but no culture. You might not have the right staff. You might have a quarterback that gets drafted in the top five, could hit the broadside of a barn with plenty of time in the pocket. You could have everything. The coach left for some odd reason, and you're the guy who puts him over the top, and then there's nothing behind it because you're no good. <laughs> you're just oh, there's there there are a number. Larry Coker. Oh yeah, there are a number of examples. Um, go back to Auburn. You know, five and nineteen is not mm-hmm. what we need. Gene Chizik yeah, win the national championship. Cam Newton helps. It does it's game changer. Uh, we you know I, I guess the jury's still out on him. He ended up winning the Assistant Coach of the Year award later on at North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and he's been both an offensive and defensive coordinator. Yeah, it's just, it's it's strange. Coaching is a, is a weird deal. I, I have said along the way that one of the many things I've learned and changed my opinion about is a thought that I really persisted on for a very long time and believed regarding coaches. Um and, and that, that there were those that had a greater acumen for the game and understanding of the game and a knowledge of the game that would easily identify themselves year to year, season to season, whatever it might be. I, 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 I'm not so insistent upon that anymore. The elite coaches at every level know the game. Your ability to teach it and get guys to implement it and adjust within it, yes, that's all up for debate. In-game adjustments are a very real thing. Um, putting guys in a position to succeed uh, more consistently than, say, another coach or recognizing areas of weakness and exploiting those. Yes, those things, that's all open for debate and analysis. Knowledge of the game? Simply the knowledge of the game? No, nah, not really. Yeah, the in-game adjustment thing has always been interesting to me because you'll have some former coaches or players that say that's not real. But I, for me, in-game adjustments would also be you're playing psychologist on the sideline. If a guy's rat trapping and you're getting him out of it, or yeah, it's you, all in there. Yeah, you know the key thing to say to somebody when they're panicking. Like remember, this is a player-to-player example, but there was there were several times where Cam Irving, when he was here, looked like he'd be panicking or in some sort of fury on the sideline, and Jameis would walk over to him mm-hmm. and grab him by the chest plate, look at him in the eye, and then tap him and say, "Hey, look, it's going to be fine." But Coaches do that all the time. The Deuce Span situation is the best example I've seen on television in forever, and it just happened to be Mike Norvell. That that kid's ready to leave the program, it felt like, in that moment. He might have been going, in, you know, Antonio Brown into the locker room. He's done. Mike chases him down, calms him down, gets him the ball the first play, the next series that Florida State has the ball on offense. Like, those types of things are adjustments, too. It's not necessarily always about the X's and O's. Sometimes it's just about knowing the heartbeat of your team and say, knowing the right thing to say to get them to calm the hell down. Yeah, I, I think if, if knowledge is equal, if, 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 you, if all the coaches on a whiteboard enter into a room and are asked football-related questions about scheme and whatever it might be, right? they all have, a, you know, they certainly have a modus operandi. They believe in a style of defense or offense. They believe in aspects of a good defensive football team, good offensive football team, and they're going to incorporate that in any team, with any team that they coach. But in terms of drawing it up, you could ask them all the same question, and I'd be willing to bet at the highest levels they all get it right. They all get it right as it, as it pertains to understanding football. It, it is all of that other stuff that becomes huge. It is uh, having your finger on the pulse of a team and understanding what they need in that moment. I think also, and you said this a lot over the last few years, is that 
in order to be a successful head coach in college football, you have to be more and more a business leader and executive. I believe, yes, you are a CEO these days more than you've ever had to be. In, and it looks like Coach Norvell is doing that in addition to. So long he can do that. As, yes. It's a good thing he's young. That's correct. It is, it is a young man's game. But this is where we were a little bit ahead of the curve. It's not like other programs don't have tons of analysts. Alabama was the one that led the charge there. Yeah. But just the titles and the names of the positions here at this program when Coach Norvell first took over. Like you got a general manager. You basically you've got <laughs> yeah, a general yeah. manager. You've got a director of player ops. You got a director of high school relations. Like just he could see the hierarchy that was necessary to make this whole thing go. And even though nobody could foresee what NIL became, we were in a position to be pretty nimble on the coaching side of it. We mm -hmm. needed to get better on the collective mm -hmm. side. Mm -hmm. But Norvell had already been thinking that way about this is a business. I need to run this like a business, like a like a franchise. You, and that's the way he's doing it. You absolutely have to be able to do that. You have to be that kind of malleable and understand that and have roles clearly defined for people. And you have to incorporate all of that. Yeah, anymore, I, I think you are a, a CEO more than you are just a say singular play caller or something like that or even recruiter. Uh, we'll get to some probables here, and they are brought to you by our friends at Power Mill Training Academy. We appreciate Power Mill sponsoring the probables segment. Looking for performance. You want your kids, let's say, to get the most out of their experience in softball or baseball. Well, Power Mill is the place for your son or daughter. They develop strong, fundamental skills. It's a foundation for all players. It enables them to have fun playing the game. Doesn't matter if you want to go be a pro baseball player, an Olympic softball player, or you just want to have fun. You want to get the most out of your tools and what you have uh, to bring to the table. They also have summer camps. So if you want to learn more about Power Mill, PowerMillSports.com. Tons of experience, 27 alumni in the majors, 45 years of experience, 2,000 people have come through the program. My kid used to go there. All the good stuff there at PowerMillSports.com. Cue it up, baby. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, probables? Buckos trail in the 7-4-3. We'll see if they bounce back. It's Colorado who threw Antonio Sensatella and Rich Hill going for the Buckos. A's, Yankees. It's 11-3, Yankees. Kyle Mueller started that game. Johnny Brito started for the Yankees. 5-0 Detroit over Cleveland. Starters there, Eduardo Rodriguez and Peyton Battenfield. Good Lord. Oh, I see you got paired with Peyton Battenfield. Oh, no. Watch him, Tom. He cheats. That's uh, the high tube socks. Uh, this is an older man. It's the high tube socks, and we're talking history the entire time. Dodgers lead the Brewers 6-1 to one in the sixth. Clayton Kershaw, Wade Miley. Rangers, Mariners later today. Dane Dunning, Luis Castillo. Marlins, D-backs. Edward, or Edward as his parents call him, Cabrera. Merrill Kelly will go for the uh, D-backs. Hey, we've talked about the Battle of the Bulge. i got a four-footer here. Can I? Can you please? One moment. No, no, but it's really a, a little unknown fact about that. This is for three skins, my man. Nats, Giants, Josiah Gray, Sean Manaya, Blue Jays, Phillies, Kevin Gosman, Zach Wheeler, Strohs, Angels, Christian Javier, Griffin Canning. Oh. Oh, I got Griffin? Damn it, man. What'd you shoot, Griffin? 71. 86. Rays, Orioles, Jalen Beeks, Dean Creamer. We got the Mets and the Reds, Justin Verlander. Hunter Green. Red Sox, Bravos, Brian Bello, Dylan Lee. Cards, Cubs, Jordan Montgomery, Justin Steele. Padres, Twins, Seth Lugo, Pablo Lopez. White Sox, Royals, Lance Lynn, Brad Keller. And that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump.
Good work, Tom Lang Funk Show today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We appreciate you watching and listening always. Good work out of you, Director Matthew, as well. Peace out. Have a great night. We'll talk to you. Don't forget, recruiting chat tonight, 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock, big time. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace. RS is in the jackpot now, okay?